So the festival today is about Jiva Goswami in the center. And very interestingly, in Bhagavad Gita, there's two verses who are like similar at the end of ninth chapter and at the end of 18th chapter. 9.34 and 18.65. They're like practically identical. And Jiva Goswami says, <clears throat> it's in Bhakti Sandarbha, he says, in the first, in the ninth chapter, Krishna is describing man manaha He describes that love of a soul towards him. Krishna is like amazed. You know, this is how they do towards me. They're completely absorbed in me. And in 18th chapter, with the very similar verse, Krishna describes, reveals his love towards the devotee. It's like extensively dear to me. And the, when these two are coming, this is the explosion. This is the explosion that happens in Harikatha. Because when one becomes conscious of both, they're both like essential verses in Bhagavad Gita, what happens? You know, then the mystery of Harikata starts evolving. Then one knows there's nothing else to happen. There's like an explosion. Two big streams come together. It gives an explosion. So, and this mystery happens in Sadhu Sangha. In Sadhu Sangha, one becomes aware where I want to put my love, but in Sadhu Sangha I become aware how much intense love Radhika and Shyam has for the souls. So and today we have our dear Maharaj here and we have Jiva Goswami here. And it's like something very special. It's something like eating give some nourishment for the body but having great souls in the center starts to nourish our shraddha this most finest gift we ever got shraddha devi <coughs> which you know means um it's not affiliation to a certain tradition, but it's the natural chitavriti, the natural inclination of our heart to be inclined for new and newer acts of devotion. This is Bhaktivinoda's definition of shraddha, something very deep. <laughs> Bhakti unmukhi chitta vritti vishesh, Amnaya Sutra. So it's like 
and this is nourished this greatest gift in the heart of a soul is actually nourished by meditating and hearing about wonderful saintly personalities so Maharaj we just thankful that you are here and thankful the Jiva Maswami is here I'm thankful that Ma Maman Dev is here. Yes. I'm mentioning that because I plan to talk about Maman Dev today, just oh, in case. Good. <laughs> if, you if you give me blessings, that will be my warming up for your kata. Because today is also Maman Dwadasi, the appearance day of Sri Maman Dev. So. Remember that I suggested that I could speak on that? Okay, okay. <laughs> Just wanting blessings and green light from Krishna Chandra. So to, I'll, I'll, we will be warming up in the morning with Baman Dev, Baman Dwadasi, and in the afternoon, Krishna Chandra will immerse everyone into the glories of Philajiva. Magyanati Mirandasya, Gyanam Janasalakaya. Chakshudan Militam Jenatashmi Sri Guravinama Nam Shreshtamanumapis at Tiputramatrasarupam Rupam Tashagazamu Purim Matarim Bastavatim Radha Kundam Girivaram Radhika Madhavasam Prapto Yasha Pratita Gripaya Sri Gurum Tamnatashmi Vancha kalpatarubhyascha kripasandubhyayvacha patitanam pavanebhyo vaishnavebhyo namo namah Nikila shruti maladiti nirajita padapankajanta ajimukta kulairupashyamanam paritashtam harinam samshayami Narepitachanim Siddhat Karunayavatirna Kalam Shamar Paitamunatar Valarasam Sabakti Sriam Hari Purata Sundara Duty Kadambasundi Pitaham Sadari Daye Kandadesh Purato Vasitinandana Ajanulambita Bujo Kanaka Vadato Sankirtanai Kapitaro Kamalaya Takshu Bishwambaro Dvijabaro Jugadharma Palo Amde Jagat Priyakaro Karunavataram Ladini Shakti Sharupaya Gauranga Suridayacha Bhakta Shakti Pradhanaya Gadadharanamastate he Krishna Karuna Sindho Dinavando Jagatpate Gopesha Gopika Kantarada Kantanamashtate Radhe Brindavanadishi Karunam Rita Bahini Kripayani Japadam Mahyam Pradiyatam Bhaktya vihina aparad halakshay kripa maitvam sadanam prapanam 
Vrindhenmaste Charanaravindam Vrindhenmaste Charanaravindam Shri Satchinandan Gaurhari ki jai, Shri Hadinam Prabhu ki jai, Shri Shri Gaurgadadar ji ki jai, Shri Shri Radha Govinda ji ki jai, Shri Bhav Mahot Sabtiti Sila Jeeva Swami Prabhupada ki jai, Shri Bhavan Dwadasi ki jai, Gaur Bhakta Vrinda ki jai, Gaur Premanan Hari Hari So... Pranam, good morning to all. And so, Krishna Chandra Prabhu mentioned, celebration goes on. Louder? Okay. <coughs> One second. <coughs> okay. I have. I'll try my best. So, today we are, as Krishna Chandra Prabhu mentioning, continuing our celebration. For those of you who thought that Radhasthami was the only festival, you have deadly wrong. <laughs> the next day we had festival. Yesterday we were talking also. Well, yesterday we had festival of silence. Sunday we had that other Kata festival, today we have another festival, tomorrow we have Bhaktinath Thakur's appearance day, another festival, the after tomorrow we have Haridas Thakur's disappearance day, another festival, and so on and so forth. And even if there is no official celebration on the day, we have the festival of remembering and thinking of all of the things and trying to make them part of our heart. So, as I mentioned a few minutes before, although very lovingly Krishna Chandra Prabhu was <laughs> giving me the subliminal message that no. Maharaj, you talk on Jiva Goswami no, now. No. <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. He's always some scars are taking him in that direction. I perfectly understand. <laughs> uh, but also, yeah, I, I thought it may not be nice to since he will be talking today in the evening, because I have a podcast meet in the afternoon and maybe too much for my throat yeah. to be three lectures per day. <laughs> so he will be talking in three Jiva Goswami in the evening. So I felt, well, I can try to complement his presentation with a few words and Baman Dwadasi, which is basically the celebration of Sri Baman Dev's appearance, Baman Avatar. In the Srimad Bhagavatam, it is described that Bhagavan, the Absolute, has unlimited avatars. Avatar means divine descent. The word avatar means crossing from up to down, so to say. So the Bhagavatam uses the word asankhya. Asankhya means the Srimad Bhagavatam. Asankhya, which means uncountable, impossible to count. No? There are too many aspects of the Absolute. And also I'd like to say, not only the different aspects are Bhaman, Nesrimha, whatever, Matsya, Kurma, but the way that Krishna reciproc reciprocates with each devotee, it's a unique form. No? 
and unique form. Because as we mentioned already these days, the form of the absolute has to do with the love he's receiving from each devotee. If the absolute receives the loves of Hanuman, he will appear as Ramachandra. But Krishna receives the love of many devotees, and each devotee has a unique flavor of love, even if they are in the same group, in whatever bhav, whatever mood. Each of them has a very unique love, so there has to be a corresponding unique form of Krishna to reciprocate with that. <laughs> so in that sense, we could see also Krishna has unlimited forms, one for each devotee, <laughs> one for each type of love, so to say. So today we are celebrating one of these forms called Vamandiv. As we also mentioned these days, we have to be careful when we speak about so many avatars and forms to keep the non-dual foundation and understand all of these are the same person. It's not that Bhaman is one person over here, Nisrimha is someone totally different, Ramachandra is another one, Kurma, Matsya, no, all of them are the same person showing different emotional features, so to say. No, once I, mm -hmm, exactly no? all of them are Keshava basically no? the famous Dasavatar Stotram Keshava Drita Narahari Rupam Keshava Drita Vamana all of these Rupams all of these forms are the same Keshav the same Bhagavan mm? but different emotional as one here different emotional moments of Bhagavan as we have emotional moments, and we will show different faces according to that, <laughs> Bhagavan is not an exception to that rule. He's the source of that rule. So he's an ocean of emotions. And there are different corresponding forms and faces. And we can call them avatar, if you will. So today we are celebrating Bhaman Dev's appearance, sometimes called the dwarf. Bhaman means dwarf, the dwarf. This descent dwarf dwarf you pronounce mm -hmm, yeah. more with oh okay sorry dwarf avatar but also as as usual as we did with Radastami for example <clears throat> let's connect today's celebration with our main deity Sriman Mahaprabhu because and to create more this sense of all of them are aspects of Mahaprabhu if you want to put it like that. No? <laughs> So let, let's briefly mention a few words on how Mahaprabhu himself, went, for example, going to this famous Das Avatar, no, this list of 10 main avatars, how Mahaprabhu is exhibiting all those features and more, of course. No, that's why he's Avatari Sri Gaur Sundar. So beginning with the first, which is the first one in the list of the Das Avatars? Okay, we have one extra ladu for her today. She won't do. <laughs> <laughs> so Matsya, the fish, so to say, avatar. You may have heard about that. So we could say that as Mahaprabhu, uh, sorry, as a fish cannot live outside water, hmm? Mahaprabhu cannot live outside the, how to say, the, the sham-like waters of, of Krishna being in Radhabhav. Mahaprabhu could be described as a fish in Radhabhav, and in Radhabhav he's tasting Krishna, as we spoke these days. He's Krishna, no? eventually absorbed in Krishna through Radhabhav. So as a fish cannot live, 
the blue waters, Mahaprabhu cannot leave the blue waters of Sham. Sham means blue somehow. So in that sense, Mahaprabhu could be related to, to Matsya Avatar. So we go to each avatar by properly honoring our main Istadev, Sriman Mahaprabhu. Then who is coming after Matsya? You cannot say. <laughs> Sorry? Kurma Avatar. Yeah. Krishna Chanda was given some mudra hint there. <laughs> so Kurma means like tortoise. Tortoise. Uh, tortoise have this quality of entering, putting the limbs inside. No? I remember when I was a child, my grandmother had a tortoise in the house. And I used to, I mean, I was not that bad. That but I would just touch the, how to say, the shell. And it was like a button. I will touch the shell and the tortoise will like put all the limbs inside. So it was just like curious, like touching it. So the turtle will do like, Pratyahar. Have you heard this term, Pratyahar? Also coming from the yoga tradition, no? like putting all the, closing all the windows, so to say, to the world and looking inside, so to say. So we could say that as Kurma Avatar, being a turtle, performs Pratyahar. Mahaprabhu performs the ultimate Pratyahar. No? As we mentioned sometimes in the, in the ecstasy of Radhavap, all his his bodily limbs enter his body and present this unique, like, uh, yeah, kurma roop. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's how we will be biased towards Mahaprabhu, <laughs> and we'll see. Say all, all these avatars are happening in him in the ultimate way, in the ecstasy of Mahabhav, Mahaprabhu is in putting all his limbs inside. No? So in that sense, we can connect Gorsundar to Sri Kurma Dev. So, what's next after Kurma Dev? We will skip Bhavan Dev for the end since it's today's celebration. So, who comes next after Kurma in the evolutionary unfolding? Bhaktivinoda Thakur presented that in his Krishna Sankhita in that way. Varahadev. Yeah, Varahadev. So, in connection to Varahadev, it is described in Shastana, there was one Brahmin living in Satyayu called Vasudev. Uh, and, and, and he will live in Kualadweep, in Satya Yuga, mm -hmm. this Brahman Vasudeva. And he was worshipping mm -hmm. Varahadev for darshan, trying to obtain darshan of Varahadev. And Varahadev appeared in some like subtle voice form and said, I will give you my full darshan in Kali Yuga, basically, no? in my original form, Varahadev said. No? Because Varahadev is avatar, Mahaprabhu is avatari. So this Brahmin Vasudev appeared as a Brahmin Vasudev in Gorlila and had darshan of Mahaprabhu, especially when Mahaprabhu was showing <clears throat> the Mahaprakash Lila, no? this great manifestation for 21 hours, showing different forms of the Absolute, and once was, one was Varahadev. So he took one pot of water and put it like, like if it will be the planet Earth, like Varahadev did. So he showed himself as Varahadev to this devotee. So again, connecting the idea of Mahaprabhu to the boar divine descent. Varahadev. Mahaprabhu is Vishwambhara. The original Varahadev. The holder 
of the earth, of the universe, yeah. So who after Baradev? Yeah, Srimadev. So half man, half lion. So of course we have many things we could say about Nishrinadeva Mahaprabhu. He himself is called as Gorsimha, the golden lion to begin with. Rupa Goswami's prayer made that lion roar in the cave of my heart. So many times he's described Chaitanya Bhagavad as having the chest of the lion, the gate of the lion, the roaring of the lion, the golden color of the lion. So he's made the lion in every single sense. Gor Hari, Hari also means lion. That's one of the different meanings of Hari, not only thief, but also lion. So Gor Hari is the golden thief or the golden lion. And again, Mahaprabhu himself showed Narasimhabab so many times. One of them in Srivasangam, uh, he entered into Narasimhabab and went out and started to chase everyone. <laughs> and then he was like very deeply ashamed, like, oh, so sorry. But Srivas was like, no, no, that's everyone's mercy to see you in that unique form. Indeed, in, in Srivas Sangam, interestingly, the, the, the main deity worshipped by Srivas Pandit is Narsim Hasila. So Narsim, Ananda Maharaj and Nanda Baba also is worshipping Narsim Hasila. So Narsim is very tied to all this from that sense as well. And it is said that Mahaprabhu was born under the Leo constellation. Leo, you say in English? Leo, like the lion constellation. So there are many ways in which we can connect Sri Vishwambara Gorsundar to Nishimha Avatar. Hmm? Oh, there you have the portals. <laughs> Who comes after Nishimha Dev? Maybe we have to skip one now. It's not. Yeah, you skip this one because it is today's celebration. We'll see it at the end. So who is next? After, after. I mean, Bhaman Dev will skip. Oh. That will be at the end because it's today's celebration. <laughs> See ya. Parasuram. Thank you so much. Yes. Oh. So Parasuram is this form of the absolute as a Kshatriya, as a warrior. I mean, killing the Kshatriyas. Actually, he was born as a Brahmin, but he engaged as a Kshatriya. And it is said that he killed many, a big number <laughs> of impious kings and Scripture described that he created like 90 rivers of blood uh, from the from the killing of the, of all of them. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Okay. We don't want to instill any trauma in the audience here. So everyone was liberated <laughs> by the killing, not merely killing. But it is said that Mahaprabhu was, let's say, Gaur Parasuram, if you want to put it like that. He didn't kill one single person, but he killed the impiety in the hearts, so to say. He didn't kill anyone physically. He was about to kill Jagai Madai, almost. Sudarshan came, but Nityananda Prabhu reminded him, no, 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 this is not the mood in this <laughs> So he killed him so to say, the Asuric mentality, and instead of creating rivers of blood, <laughs> he created rivers, streams of tears, of ecstatic joy in each one of his followers. As we know, as we know, whomever saw Mahaprabhu was just immediately converted. Whomever, and if, if they were not converted by 
by hearing his chanting, they were converted by seeing him. If we're not converted by seeing him, Mahaprabhu went and embraced them. Like, you won't escape from this. <laughs> so, in this way, we can connect Sri Gorsundar with Parasuram. Who comes after Parasuram? Not you. You already have the trick there. Sri <laughs> Ramachandra. Hmm? Yeah. Mariat Purushottam. So there are very many verses in the scripture we create this parallel in the Bhagavad and there are a few nice verses in the 11th canto about that. Another verses who can be a description of Ramachandra but can be a description of Mahaprabhu. Sri Ravishwanath Chakavarti Thakur creates that that parallel. Or, or there are many things like for example when Mahaprabhu accepted sannyas his level of mariyad or like adher, adher, adherence, adherence to the rules was like the mariyad of Ramachandra as a king. No, like he was impeccable, no? like never transgressing anything. So Mahaprabhu was took the, that from the vibe of Ramachandra as, as a sannyas. No? He was so strict. And in the same way, we could say as Ramachandra made monkeys his followers, well, Mahaprabhu make monkeys like me to somehow uh, try to pursue his footsteps. So I'm fortunate to that. Even in the Chinese calendar, I'm a monkey, but in every sense of the term. So <laughs> Mahaprabhu has been quite quite generous. Hmm? Like in Ramlila, they have constructed with the monkeys this, this set to bandanam, this like bridge. Uh, in the same way we could say like Mahaprabhu is ready to walk over my stone-like heart and construct a bridge no? from this world to the other, from our heart to his heart. So there we have Gaur Ramachandra, so to say. <laughs> Who else comes then after Ramachandra? Not Damayanti. You already have like five ladders already. <laughs> Balaram. Yeah, Jonathan. Balaram. Sometimes Krishna Balaram mentioned together Mahaprabhu uses the stone-like heart as a bridge to walk to where? No, no. Mahapra Mahaprabhu is, start, is creating a bridge from our stone-like heart to yeah. his own heart, melted heart, so we can enter his heart. Oh, his yeah. own heart. But mm -hmm. he is already in himself. Why he needs the bridge over us? It's a poetic analogy. <laughs> <laughs> the bridge is the holy name. Okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> to connect. So sometimes it's mentioned Krishna Balaram, not only Balaram, but of course we already spoke a lot of Mahaprabhu and Krishna, so we don't enter into that direction now. But regarding Balaram, again, Mahaprabhu entered into the mood of Baladev a few times, uh, asking for Baruni, you know, becoming intoxicated, uh, trying to bring the the Ganga instead of the Jamuna entering into this you know, Lila. So in this way, Mahaprabhu also exhibited Baladev Bhav in some of his Lilas. And after Baladev, we have who? Buddha. Yeah. <laughs> that was a little tricky, but okay. <laughs> 
we'll give one ladu to Jonathan and one to Krishna Chandra. <laughs> so Buddha, as we know, he's a very unique avatar in one sense. Of course, there are different conceptions about Buddha, but in one sense, it's God himself saying that God does not exist, <laughs> interestingly. <laughs> it's a necessity of the time, so you can see how much God himself is willing to adjust and adapt. Uh, but my point here is that main message of Buddha is ahimsa, non-violence, or, or sometimes it's translated as compassion. So in that connection, we could say that Mahaprabhu exhibited the ultimate ahimsa. He's Namo Mahabhananya Avatar. Mahabhananya, he's given the greatest form of non-violence or actually positive love and compassion in, in terms of the gift that he came, he came to give. Yeah. I was just wondering because I heard sometimes that it's not actually this Buddha, but I've also heard that it's this Buddha. So. Yeah, that's what I mentioned, that there are different opinions about whom this Buddha is, huh? because there are different Buddhas, there's not only one. So some were related to, the Buddha avatar may relate to, to the one who is basically negating the, the Vedas and so on, and in that sense preaching. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But but some other, again, there are differences of opinion, and I'm okay with that. I can coexist with that. It's okay. <laughs> I'm not like desperate in trying to do a research and say, okay, this only this, only this. I'm gonna try to make that point to appreciate that point that even if the necessity of the moment is such, God may say God does not exist. <laughs> to take people to God gradually in, in the best possible is something like that. Yeah. I heard several times here saying that he actually. Sorry? I heard in this place several times that Buddha actually didn't say that God does not exist, that he just never talked about God. Mm -hmm. So for me, this is two different things. So there's also two different opinions then in that perspective. Yeah. Yeah. He never entered into the topic, he didn't entertain that. But he, for example, proposed the notion of anatma. Which is not, he proposed the notion of anatma, uh -huh. which is the soul does not exist. And in that sense, by extension, some may say, okay, if the soul does not exist, it may, it may, doesn't make too much sense to say God exists, but the soul does not exist. But anyhow, some points in, in connection to Buddha, Mahaprabhu being the ultimate Buddha and the ultimate compassionate, the ultimate form of compassion. And finally, we have Kalki Avatar at the end of the Das Avatar list. And sorry to extend myself with this introduction. <laughs> we are reaching Bhamandev. And as we know, Kalki is described as coming down with the sword. And, 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 and Mahaprabhu, we could say he's coming with the sword of Harinam to cut the knot of uh, conditioned lives in that sense. And even I've heard that some Acharyas, and again, here there may be some difference of opinion, <laughs> say that Mahaprabhu's dispensation is such that Kalki, when he, if he comes, when he comes, if he comes, uh, he won't need to kill anyone because everyone will, many people will be immersed in Harinam Sankirtan and he will merely join the party, so to say. <laughs> I heard that from some Acharyas, no? from their own heart's inspiration, not necessarily because that's say like that in Shastra, but that's their bias toward Mahaprabhu, we could say. 
So anyhow, a few words on the different avatars in connection to Gaur Sundar. And finally, we get to today's avatar, who is Vamandev, or the dwarf avatar. So how Mahaprabhu is showing Vaman Lila, we have to resort to some, again, poetry, <laughs> some analogy, so to say. And we could say that Mahaprabhu himself, as Vamandev, as we will see, presented himself as a dwarf in front of Bali Maharaj. Mahaprabhu himself appeared as a... Uh, as a dwarf, so to say, as a very small person in front of personalities like Prakashananda Saraswati or even Sarvabhoma Bhattacharya, he appeared like a very humble, simple, ignorant student. He presented himself as such. And eventually in the in the course of the interaction, he started like to, to grow in size, to expand, like Bhavandev. And eventually both Prakashananda and Sarvabhoma were completely converted and overwhelmed by, by the, re, the actual size of Mahaprabhu. <laughs> so in that sense, we can connect Mahaprabhu with, with Mahaprabhu and Dev. Uh, so, I don't know, I may share a few words on the Mahaprabhu and Lila, as it's mentioned in the Srimad Bhagavatam. Of course, there are different ways to address Bhavandev also, mm -hmm. since we mentioned compare Bhavandev to, to Mahaprabhu, something that comes I have here is, I saw that you have the published the, the Hamsadut in German. Yeah. So there is one section at the end of the Hamsadut that you may recall, where Lalita Devi in, in, in her uh, description compares Krishna to each one of the Das avatars, very much in the mood of Lalita Devi that we already shared the other day. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no? So it's not precisely a flattery of Krishna. <laughs> so let me share with you the one in connection to Bamandev, how Lalita Devi thinks of Krishna in connection to Bamandev. We already connected Bamandev with Mahaprabhu, now connect Bamandev with Krishna, then we go to Bamandev, as it's described in the Bhagavatam. So it says like this O dwarf incarnation. In the same way that Bali ignored his guru, in the same way Radha has ignored the desires of her elders, believing in the power of her love, and that through that love, you belong to her. Lalita is talking to Krishna. In this way, she surrendered to you completely, no? like Bali did, along with the kingdom of her mind. Because, and as a result of that, she obtained her just reward. Because you have chained her, chained, hurt, huh? or you have like, yeah, wrapped her with the change of the unrequited love. Unrequited. How do you say in German? No, unrequited. A love that, no, like you love someone, but the other person is not loving you in return. Non, how do you say? I don't know how. I mean, that's a word, unrequited. I don't know how to say it. Like, there's no correspondence of the law. You. What's the word? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, basically. So, that Krishna has like tied her in the chains of the non reciprocated love, so to say. 
and that love threw her far from you. Because remember, here Radha is now in Vrindavan, Krishna is somewhere else. In the same way as Bamandev tied Bali with change and exiled him to the lower planets. So that's Lalita's message for Krishna as Bamandev. So, how this Lila unfolds in the Bhagavatam? Parikshin Maharaj starts asking Sukadev Goswami, how, <laughs> how is it possible that Bhagavan, one of the six, one of the meanings of Bhagavan is he who possesses all these six opulences, and one of them is full wealth. But Parikshit heard Bhagavan became a, a beggar. So Parikshit is like, how the one who possesses all wealth became a beggar? Doesn't seem to compute. So that's how the story unfolds, how Sukadev Goswami is triggered to speak Harikata. Remember, as, as Sukadev Goswami's answers are crucial, Parikshit Maharaj's questions are equally crucial because without those pertinent questions, the speaker is not like receiving Udipana, so to say, in one sense, it's further Udipana to go into certain direction in particular. So the story starts describing Bali Maharaj, who is the, a disciple of Sukracharya. So he, by birth, is born into an Asuric lineage, so to say. Not a Suri, not a line from the Devas, but a line from the Asuras. And he's a disciple of Sukracharya, since Sukracharya has saved the life of um, Bali Maharaj in battle once. So he was indebted to him and eventually accepted him as his guru. Uh, and also Bali Maharaj, his father is called Birochan, and his grandfather is called... Does it sound familiar? No? So he's the grandson of Prahlad Maharaj. So you can imagine the, the DNA of Bali Maharaj. No? The scars he received by having such... Imagine that your grandfather is Prahlad Maharaj. Wow. <laughs> no? So this is the interesting dynamic. Again, similarly to Prahlad Maharaj, they were born in a demonic family, but they were so much inclined toward Bhagavan. So similar case for Bali Maharaj. So it is described how Bali Maharaj is executing a, a very elaborate yajna or sacrifice called Vishvayit Yajna. Um, and he receives so much empowerment as a result of that that he's able to attack Indrapuri, the city of Indra, and conquer all the devas. And all the devas were trying to fight back, but the gurus of, of the devas, Brihaspati, told them, no, no, it's not the moment now. They are very strong. So better disappear. So all the devas become invisible no? <laughs> due to the power of Sukracharya. So Bali, uh, sorry, of Bali Maharaj. So Bali Maharaj captures Swargalok, the heavenly planets, and starts to execute different yagnas and experience the delights of, he of heaven. <clears throat> so then the Bhagavatam describes how the mother of the devas, Aditi, misses her sons, the devas, because all of them were went to exile. They became invisible out of fear of Bali Maharaj. So she's in separation from her children and Kasyapa, her husband is kind of concerned. I can see your pain. I can see why you are suffering. So he recommends her, you engage in a certain vow called Payabrata, 
for 12 days doing certain things in a certain way. And the, that will be the solution to your present anxiety. <clears throat> so, of course, she does so. And as a result of that, Bhagavan appears as her son, basically. That will be the, the result, the end to her angst. <clears throat> <clears throat> Sorry. Bhagavan appearing <clears throat> to protect the devas, basically. And this Bhagavan will be Bhaman Dev, of course, one form of Bhagavan. So he first appears as Vishnu, as like more, so to say, generic presentation of the Godhead. And then he adopts the form of Bhaman Dev, and the whole planetary systems and devas start to praise him and throw flowers in him, and different devas appears and provide him his different paraphernalia, no? Upavita, the Brahminical thread, the umbrella. He has an umbrella in that picture, Bamana, the one you were seeing, I think so. Right? Anyhow, you can, you, you can find it there. There's some umbrella. Oh, he refers to all this paraphernalia, no? So Bishnu appears as a Brahmin, <clears throat> as a dwarf, as a Brahmachari. With the umbrella, yeah, the umbrella is there. Mm -hmm. Thank you. There is Bhavan Dev. <laughs> Can you put up? So Bhavan Dev appears in this beautiful, charming form, very small, again, like a dwarf, Brahmin dwarf. And he hears about <laughs> he hears about Bali Maharaj's yagnas that he's executing. Remember in Swarga. So Bhavandev goes there to the arena of the sacrifice. And it is said that he has such a splendor that every one of the people reunited there thought this Surya Dev personified has come. You imagine how much splendor was there. We just look at the sun from here and we are we cannot imagine if the sun personified enters this room. No. So they they were like that, overwhelmed by the splendor of Bhaman Dev. So Bali Maharaj received him. He was a Brahmin. Hmm? Seated him, washed his feet, hmm? and asked him, like, okay, you are a Brahmin, you are a Brahmachari, and it seems I can infer that you come wanting to ask for something, says Bali Maharaj. I can feel that Bhaman Dev didn't say anything yet, but I, it feels that you want to ask for something. So Bali Maharaj says, please ask for not something, but for anything you want. What do you want? I mean, remember, at this point, Bali Maharaj conquered Swargalok. So he was able to offer a few things. <laughs> no, you want cows, you want gold, you want a wife, you want the entire village, you want a planet. What do you want? No? He had some capacity to give. <laughs> Whatever you desire, basically, he was offering. So he was very charitable. Bali Maharaj was very, very charmed by Bhavan Dev. So Bhavan Dev glorifies the charitable, disp charitable disposition of Bali Maharaj, uh, re reminding, oh, you are coming from this dynasty from Prahlad Maharaj, so it's no surprise that you are showing this generosity and these symptoms and this respect for the Brahmins despite the family you were born. So Bhavandev starts like to praise Bali Maharaj. <clears throat> and then comes his request. So imagine, no? 
someone offers you, you want a planet? No? And you say, no, no, I'm okay with three steps of land. <laughs> That's what Bamandev asked for. Just three steps of his steps, which were not very big at that moment. <laughs> his feet seem like, like this maximum. No? So it's like three steps, no? which basically means three steps also sometimes refers to this, the space you need to be sitting and meditating. Like you do like one, two, three, like, okay, that's a place I need to just settle down and and do my my actual job and <laughs> go on inside. No? So and he said three steps of three of my steps. No? And he was not lying actually. Although some accused him of lying, as we will see, but he was not lying because his steps were actually, as we will see, a little bigger than what it seems. No. <laughs> So Bali Maharaj praises the Brahmin by being so austere, just three steps of land. But at the same time, say, well, but you are a you are a boy, so probably you don't have too much yet experience in the world. You are not like looking long term what you may need for your life. So you you are inexperienced basically. You know. So we are asking for three steps of land. I can offer you a planet. So please ask. Request more, request more, says Bali Maharaj. But you missed the opportunity. Now it's a big opportunity, but if you only ask for that. Exactly. It's now or never. You can win the lottery, if you will, so to say. It's like why in Tirupati, um, Balaji, mm. he, he, they put the tilak over his eyes because most people come to ask for wealth, for money. And Vishnu feels the same. Oh no, feels a little in above of mm -hmm. Bali Maharaj mm. because I could give them pure bhakti, but they only ask for three steps. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they only ask for insignificant yeah. things of this world. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> Thank you for the counter version from the other side of the same example. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I'm Bali Maharaj basically said whatever is pleasing in the three worlds cannot satisfy someone whose senses are uncontrolled. In, in other words, if you give me a planet but my senses are not under control, I will be still dissatisfied. But if I my senses are under control, three steps are more than enough. Hmm? In other words, if we don't learn to be satisfied what we, with what we have, we will never be satisfied Ha having what we lack. You follow my point? Because just that's the general pattern. People think, I'm dissatisfied, but if I will have this, I will be satisfied. And the idea is, no, if you are not satisfied with what you have, you will never be satisfied with what you think you need to have. <laughs> so Dev is trying to make that point here, basically. You know? In Sanskrit, it's called tushti. Tushti means, translated in general as satisfaction, but basically means satisfaction from which comes out of its own accord, even. Not so much trying to get more, but what comes naturally to learn to be satisfied with that. No? Especially from Brahm, for Brahmins in the Vedic tradition, that was the norm. And Bamandev was a Brahmin. No? Sometimes the Brahmin will do Madhukari, which means daily begging. 
and sometimes the standard to make this point of tushu is they will start their day in zero. They won't have anything, nothing to eat, all, no fridge, <laughs> nothing. No storage. No, no storage. So they will go and beg. So whatever they receive that day, they will take, okay, this is what Krishna wants to give today. Someday there was nothing, so Krishna wants me to fast today. And some days Krishna will give enough for them to eat that day. Or sometimes Krishna will give more what they need. So they will, at the end of the day, what they do with that? They will give it in, in charity. So they start the day in zero, depending of Bhagavan. <laughs> so Bhagavan is making this point of Tushti here. So he insists only three steps, only <laughs> three of my steps. So Bali Maharaj is witnessing that he's very charmed by Bhavandev, and Suk but Sukracharya is close to Bali Maharaj. Sukracharya is Bali's guru. He's a guru of the Asuras, and Sukracharya can see between the lines what's going on here, what will happen. So he gets closer to his disciple. Bali Maharaj says. Don't give charity to this Brahmin. There's something going on here in the background. He's predicting what will happen. He will say, actually, this Brahmin is Vishnu. And Vishnu is known as Hari. Hari means he who takes away everything. Of course, we will take that from another place. But the Asuric version is, watch out for Vishnu because he will take away everything. All your possessions, all your stuff. Of course, in this case, Hari will be he who steals away the mind of Bali Maharaj. Already happened. Bali Maharaj was just like <laughs> completely purchased by, by Bam and Dev. As Sukracharya was trying to convince his disciple, watch out for him. And he says, Bali Maharaj, you consider only your self-interest. Now that's the Asuric narrative and Sukracharya is representing the only thing about yourself. You're what you need. Not giving to others, take care of your stuff, but neglect to honor Bhagavan. Basic. That's what he. That's the Asuric prachar, basically. <laughs> no? Art and kama, no dharma, no moksha. What to speak of prem? Art and kama, just those two. <laughs> Translation. Translated. Okay. Yeah, yeah, like one friend of mine once, he was misbehaving a little bit a few weeks. And the way he replied to that, the way he confessed his misbehavior was, I asked him, how are you doing? And he told me, lots of art and karma, but very little of dharma and moksha. <laughs> so he was basically confessing his misbehavior by saying that. So this is what Sukracharya is trying to say to Bali Maharaj, no? And Bali Maharaj realized my guru is instructing me to go against Bhagavan. No? To disobey, to not give charity, to think about me. He's, he's instructing me to disobey the Lord. So I consider it proper to disobey my guru. Because that's not what the guru is supposed to say. No? According, at least in this in the psychology of someone like Bali Maharaj, of course. At what point did you realize that it was the Lord? Who? Bali Maharaj, you said that he suddenly recognized that 
his guru was telling him to go against mm -hmm. the Lord. So, but at what time did he actually realize? Because you said yeah, now 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 he's realizing more. He's telling me to go against the Brahmin, Brahminical culture. Uh -huh. Eventually, he will realize a little bit more of that. I'm extending the the idea here. At that time was, but that was enough for him. Now he's telling me to go against Brahmins, to not give charity, to go against my words. That's the main point here, truthfulness. Now Bali Maharaj already committed himself. And now he was invited to retire his commitment. He was like, this cannot happen. And eventually, of course, by extension, he will realize later he's Bhagavan. Yeah. But Sukracharya already knew. Yeah. So he was yeah. giving the instruction knowing that, no? Yeah. So in this connection, in connection to the idea of if a guru instructs something that goes against the service of Bhagavan, there is a place for disobeying the guru. <laughs> I like, I, I don't have, here, we don't have a copy of my book here. It's in the bookshop, right? Okay, it's too far. No, 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 it's okay. I, I have I have here the file, so I, I would like to read to share one paragraph from it in connect because I quote this section there. So it says like this. I'll read slow so you can translate. As mentioned above, a guru is not the owner of his disciples. While the disciple may feel that his guru owns him, the guru should not feel that way himself. Sorry? Can you translate translate this? The guru is not the besitzer of the obwohl the schüler sich als ein besitz fühlt vom guru. So soll the guru nie so sich fühlen. Yeah. Instead, a guru is a servant of his disciples. The guru is a servant of the disciples' faith. Therefore, if the student's faith is not fructifying as it should, the guru should arrange for his student to renew his faith. I didn't say anything about explosion. I already know a few. I already knew a few German words by this time. That, that's Krishna Chandra's Bhavanubad. So he's adding his own. Okay, there is place for that. So I don't I don't know what's the last thing I say. The guru should arrange for his okay, disciple renewal. to renew his faith, yeah. either under his own guidance or or the guidance of another qualified Vaishnava. However, if, if a guru grossly misrepresents the divine agency of Sri Guru, and does not allow his disciple to obtain guidance from someone else, then the disciple is advised to abandon such a guru. This is Jiva Goswami. Sorry? This is Jiva Goswami writes this. No, this is Padmanava Swami. There's a statement. Yeah, probably also. I, I'm not yeah. quoting it. I'm, yeah, I'm just yeah, yeah. writing yeah, yeah. myself, but 
yeah, this is based on what's said in Shastra. Yeah. Then I quote this section. No? A famous scriptural example in this connection is that of Bali Maharaj. He abandoned his guru Sukracharya, who instructed Bali not to serve the sweet absolute in his form as Bhamana. Despite rejecting his guru, Bali is one of the famous 12 Mahajanas or great personalities. He acquired this title not merely by rejecting his guru, but by his unconditional attachment to truth which in part took the form of rejecting his guru. So, so in this way, no, Bali Maharaj is known as one of the Mahajans. It's not that he became a Mahajan by rejecting his guru, but by sticking to the truth. And as a byproduct, that took the form of having to reject his guru. So at this the point is that Bali Maharaj was it is say he mentioned here, I'm not afraid of anything, he says, except cheating a Brahmin, he will say. If you take a Brahmin like a representative of truth. So he says, I, I already gave my word to the Brahmin. I don't want to go against that. There's nothing I fear most that going against my my commitment, my truth. Anything else can happen. If I have to be cursed by sticking to my commitment, I don't care. The, the worst curse is to go against truth. Basically, that's the point. Hmm? And at this point, it is mentioned about and that he realizes Bhavan is Vishnu, Bhavan is Bhagavan. And when he realizes that, he reconfirms his determination. It's not that he says, oh, no, no, he's God, he's cheating. He says, with even more reason than before, I will give what he promised. And then, as we know, his guru not only tried to advise him in the wrong direction before, now he's cursing Bhavan Bhavandev. So Krachar is cursing Bhavandev, the guru cursing the disciple. <laughs> Say, soon you will be bereft of all opulence by disobeying me. I say Bamandev? Yes. Sorry. So Kracharya cursing Bali Maharaj. Thank you. Sorry. Yeah. The Guru cursing the disciple. But actually, as we will see, the result of that so-called curse will be the opposite. I mean, he, he, won't, he seems to lose many things, but he's winning the real jewel, so to say. And it's interesting about, and there's another example in ninth canto of Prishadra, he's called Prishadra, and he's cursed by his guru also. Um, what's his name? Who is the famous Muni that always gets angry? No, Durva, Durvas, Durvas. So it is in the ninth canto, and, and Durvas curses his disciple unjustly, without any actual reason, and eventually is describing Bhat and how 
the, the cursed disciple attains perfection. Like showing even if if you are sticking sticking to truth sincerely, even if your guru curses you unjustly, you attain perfection. So interesting stories. Give me hope on a personal level. <laughs> so to any of Bali Maharaj is cursed by his guru, but he's again totally determined in his commitment to truth. So he starts to wash the feet of Bhavandev before officially giving the three steps, no? The whole ritual and washing his feet, taking the water, putting that on his head, and eventually, okay, take your three steps. <laughs> no? So as we know, the three steps became three steps of the legal size of, no? So the dwarf were no, was no longer a dwarf, it was just the momentary dwarfness. So first step, start to, Bamandev started to expand, and with his first step, he covered the whole universe, the whole planet Earth, sorry. First step. Second step, further expansion, covering all the rest of the planetary system, Swargalok, where they were there, everything was covered within the universe. And, well, of course, from this comes Ganga. One story, Ganga comes to this world by the piercing of that step, second step of Bhavandev to the covering of the universe, Ganga descends from the spiritual world. But the point is there was no place for the third step. One, one of the names for Bhavandev, two more names for Bhavandev are Urukram and Tribikram. So Urukram that day we talked about, but Urukram calls him he who makes wonderful who takes wonderful steps. And three Bikram means he who makes three wonderful steps. So till this point, he's not three Bikram yet. He only made, he's Urukram. He made two wonderful steps. Vikrama. Mm -hmm. no, Vikrama, yeah. The third step is about to come. But there's no place for the third step. Of course, at the same, when this is happening, the Suras who were accompanying Bali Maharaj witnessed this and feel cheated. No, this dwarf expanded and, and whatever, so they tried to to attack Bhamandev, but the Vishnu Dutas killed all these Asuras. And, and Balimara stopped the remaining Asuras, like, don't attack, please. There's no cheating here. I'm actually winning, Balimara says. I'm not losing anything. <laughs> I'm not losing anything. Someone, someone who also felt cheated at that point is Bali's daughter. Maybe you know this story mentioned by Samacharis, Ratnamal is her name. No? Because she when she saw Bamandev originally first coming, she fell in love with the boy. He said, Oh, I would like to embrace that boy and have him as my son and, 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 and breastfeed him in my next life. No? So he had this Batsalya outburst. Mm -hmm. And and at that moment Bamandev without talking but bless her attached to no, may that be. <laughs> but as the story unfolded, as we can see, she saw how Bamandev cheated, at least in her view, her father. So her mood changes and say, I like to kill that that boy. No. By and, 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 yeah, to po I like to kill that boy by poisoning him. So Bamandev say, okay, that's too. <laughs> no? Also, that so be it. 
So he agreed with both desires, which of course combined took the form of he, she being born as Putana in Krishna Lila. So she took the boy, which now appeared Krishna on her lap, breastfeeding him with poison. Mm -hmm. yes, this is like the example of Bhava Grahi Janardana. In mm. our heart, there's also conflicting desires. And Krishna is really extra extracting that which is real and his taking and his accepting. So Krishna is very strange. I'm just being born and now they already want to give me poison. Why? Right. But then, you know, he liberated her and gave her really a position of a mother. So this yeah. is a wonderful thing. Because in a previous life, there was really, really sincerity. Yeah, like you would have saying, no? How can I surrender to someone more merciful than Krishna? There's no one, he says. He gave Putana the position of the of a mother while she wanted to poison him. It's like Krishna is not very good at math. No, of calculating, no? like you did this, 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 and he's giving, but Sally have to. So that's the indiscriminate mercy of Hari. So, anyhow, there's these two first steps. It is said that Bahman didn't ask, So, what, what about the third step? No, not yet, not yet, but he's asking. And, and at that point, before the official answer, to say that. Bhavandev takes away all of Pali Maharaja's possessions. With Sukracharya curse him, to, that will be happening. Because he wants to accept the very essence of Pali Maharaj. So he's like taking everything else out of the of the picture. I just want, as we all see, Atmani Vedana. Let's take everything else. You know? And Pali Maharaj even is tied you know, by the robes of Guru. Externally very humiliating, unfair situation. Like why he's being treated and cheated in that way. Mm -hmm. But we'll see, no? <clears throat> what happens eventually. So, Bahman Dev is saying, again, you promised to me three steps, you only gave me two, so where to put the third one? Mm -hmm. So he said, I don't, I don't have any place to put the third one. I already, with my first two encompassed, like covered the whole universe. So, by you failing to to fulfill your promise, you will have to live in Sutala Loka for some time. No? So this is on top of that. Still, Bali Maharaj didn't say here. So Bhavan Devi is adding on, on, on all this stuff, you know, like, quote-unquote, cheating him, taking away the possessions, tying him, sending him to Sutala. It seems like the most unfair thing, but we'll see how all this takes the form of total mercy. Hmm? So he says, Bali Maharaj then replies, no, I won't break my promise. I, I made the promise, and as I mentioned, that's the last thing I will do. I prefer to lose everything. So then comes the famous statement where he says to Bali, put your third step on my head. No, that, that's, the, that's the landing place of your lotus feet, please. And, and that represents Atmani Vedana, which is one of the sixth also... <clears throat> expressions of saranagati of surrender to krishna mm -hmm. 
अनुकूल्यास संकल्प प्रतिकूल्यासवर्जनाम so again the samskar from from his grandfather came here um balimara say atmani vedana which means i give my own self to you atma can mean soul but atma can mean mind atma can mean body so atma can mean all of that together so anivedana means to offer so it also means to offer my sense of self no because i have my idea my body my mind i am i belong to me <laughs> and atmanivedana means no i don't belong to me no i belong to you now whatever i think belongs to me belongs to you to 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 surrender that sense of possessiveness which is not so easy one level is so many things belong to me another level is nothing belongs to me another level is everything belongs to you including me <laughs> i belong to you i am the offering that's important point for us in bhakti in bhagavad gita in the ninth chapter verses 26 and verses 27 verse 27 krishna saying yat karosi yadasnasi yat yugosi dadasi yat yat tapasasi kaunti yatat kurusham adarpana whatever you do whatever you eat whatever austerities you perform offering offer them to me so the commentators say this is not the highest bhakti although it seems like wow offer everything you do to krishna but the bear says do something and then offer it to krishna the previous verse patram pushpam phalam toyam famous verse flower fruit but with bhakti krishna say bhakti twice there that represents pure bhakti because in that verse the idea is I I offer myself first and then I do anything whatever I do try to understand the difference between I do something and I offer it to Krishna I offer myself to Krishna and then I do something that's not the same <laughs> so atmanivedana has to do with this idea no I'm offering myself first I am the offering I offer so many things as a way of understanding that actually i am the offering may take a few years of offering lots of stuff to krishna so i i some day i receive the mercy to understand actually i was the offering the grain of rice into the fire this swaha is just representing me entering into the fire of offering ways i am this swaha i am the offering mm-hmm. so basically this is what atmanivedana means and and, and bali maharaj is is mentioning here no and it is mentioned that when and at that moment interestingly <laughs> when baman de uh, sorry when bali maras say invoke atmani vedanam prahlad maras appears into the scene mm-hmm. he who first say atmani vedanam in the bhagavatam he heard atmani vedanam prahlad maras felt called to appear no and bali maras was at that point tied with these ropes of no and garuda and he felt like embarrassed to see his venerable grandfather appear and he been tied in that situation and 
And he felt even my grandfather might may be angry with me. And he started to cry, Bali Maharaj. No? Like feeling like I maybe have offended my, I haven't honored enough my the legacy of Prahlad. Mm? So Prahlad comes and sees Bamandev mm? like this at this time, size, <laughs> and starts to cry to Bama, Bama to offer prayers to Bamandev and to instruct everyone present. Mm? And then Krishna uh, Bamandev, sorry, replies saying basically, if I want to show very much in the line if I want to show my blessings to someone I will deprive that person of everything of, of everything means doesn't mean you will end up without anything externally but of every sense of possessiveness because he wants all mamatwa, all sense of possessiveness directed to him a loving relationship premise characterized by mamata by possessiveness we cannot have possessiveness toward God if our possessiveness is directed in so many other directions, multi-branched. That's why the Bhagavatam says also, what is There's Kunti is praying, Kunti Devi, and she's saying, you can only be approached by he, but that person who is materially exhausted. Srila Prabhupada translates the verse. If, because if you are too much entangled by Janma, Aishvarya, Shruta, Srivir, which means high birth, opulence, Aishvarya, Shruta, knowledge, Srivir, beauty. If you are too much identified with that, you cannot, you cannot approach God with a very deep, sincere heart. So Krishna is making this point, like using, so to say, Bali Maharaj to instruct us. And then he clarifies, Bhaman Dev says, but Bali Maharaj has remained undisturbed during all this period, that he was tied, he was cheated, he was sent to Sutala, he was everything. He remained fixed in his determination, in his word. So... And he starts to praise Bali Maharaj. Bhagavan, so again, the, the whole situation starts to shift. And Bhamandeva starts like to sing the glories of Bali Maharaj. No? Bhagavan praising his devotees. No? Like when today Krishna Chandra was talking about these two verses from the Gita. No? The devotees loving Bhagavan, but then Bhagavan reciprocating, making full circles. So here we see the same, similar pattern. Bali Maharaj giving himself to Bhavandev, but now Bhavandev <laughs> praising Bali Maharaj. And, and we reach this point where we realize, wow, the main character in this Leela is not Bhavandev, it's Bali Maharaj. <laughs> like with Nishrim Halila, you think, okay, it's all about Nishrim Hadev. No, it's all about Prahlad Maharaj. Nishrim Hadev come for a few minutes, that's the thing he has to do, but the one who takes away the show, so to say, <laughs> is Prahlad Maharaj. So similarly here, Bali Maharaj with his Atmani Vedan is like purchasing Bhagavan. And at that moment, Bhagavan Dev is telling to Bali Maharaj after praising him, okay, you are going to Sutal, but Sutal will be full of enjoyment for you. I will make a unique arrangement for you to be there. You will have the post of Indra, then you will attain by Kuntha. He starts like to shower him with one gift after another. And he says, and I will remain in Sutal as a gatekeeper where you will stay. So I will be your own gatekeeper there, Bhavan Dev is telling. 
So you can. Your, I become your servant. Basically, yeah. Like Krishna being the chariot driver of Arjuna, so here Bhagavan being the gatekeeper, servant of his devotee. So can we see how the whole situation shifted to the point of no? Uh, him being there, basically. Mm -hmm. So Bali Maharaj expressed Atmani Vedanam, and we could say Bhavandev expressed reciprocated with Rakshi Shati so no? like protecting his devotee, nourishing him. Maintaining his devotee. So in one sense we can say externally it seems that Bhavandev cheated Bali Maharaj. But even deeper we could say Bali Maharaj cheated Bhavandev. To say cheat in one way. No? That by, he, by his bhakti Bali Maharaj made Bhagavan his gatekeeper <laughs> in Sutal Loka. Hmm? So anyhow, some, some words regarding what we are celebrating today, which is the appearance day of Bhavandev, which has to do with this particular lila, which our Acharya have really emphasized in connection to the principle of Atmani Vedana, to offer ourselves in Jungian terms, to individuate ourselves, to fully develop our fullest sense of being an individual in a tasteful way for the pleasure of Bhagavan. Because going back to the idea of radical personalism, Krishna wants to relate to us in a fully personal way. He doesn't want us to be half persons. No? We have an individuality, but we have to fully excavate and develop that to offer that to him. It's not like I'm half a person and half half-baked person. No? And half of me is totally impersonal, not thinking, not being discerning, not feeling for myself, doing what others tell me to do, copy-paste, imitating. That's not individuation. So for Atmani Vedanam to make our own self a full offering, we have to go through this process as well. And of course, it's not just saying it, but develop that as a whole lifestyle, basically. Cultivate that on day, day after day after day after day. So, a few words regarding Tibam and Dwadis. I don't know if there are any questions or commentaries or things you may like to, to add today. Can I ask something? You can comment, no, add no, something. No, no, no. Ask something. Um, it's an interesting moment when. <laughs> <laughs> She's requesting you to present your question in German. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I'm not. Like, slowly. You will or you will not? No. 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 <laughs> um, it's an interesting point uh, in the Leela when Bali Maharaj started. Vamandev was already involved, but he didn't recognize him. It was like Nahampra Kasha Sarvasya Yoga Maya Samanvrida. It's like covered by his own energy that he didn't want to make himself known. So there came the point where he started to realize. So in our life also, God is already working. You know, even before the sadhaka starts realizing, a divine grace starts acting much 
before a soul starts realizing what is actually happening. Yeah. So what do you think is the point or what can a soul do or the what to start realizing or oh, it's already him acting? Mm -hmm. it's, it was already here. Mm -hmm. What in, in, it was a wonderful turning point in the Leela of Bali Maharaj. Mm -hmm. So it's him. So it, I think there will be also a great turning point. Already we are swimming and the mercy and the divine intervention is already working. So what is the point and what the soul can do? To really understand, oh, it's already him acting already now. Hmm. Thank for the question. <clears throat> As we mentioned, uh, God is already working, God is already present, even if in the stages of our life where we may not we we when we may say officially that god does not exist <laughs> no we may declare ourselves officially atheist but here is still there he's remaining there and doing all the things that that he's doing so as you mentioned what to speak when when we are no longer into that like can position of negating god's existence but still not fully aware of how much he's orchestrating so many things. So, so what comes to my mind is that going to my own testimony, not to put myself as an example, just to go back to what I can talk about, which is my own experience only, <laughs> that, that I recall that before meeting the devotees, but already open in a search of, of God, acknowledging existence of God after a few a brief chapter of being an anarchic punk rock or atheistic denier of God <laughs> but again as we were talking yesterday what we deny in those moments is a, a certain idea of God that do, do not make any sense and we that we continue to deny till today <laughs> you're still the same atheist yeah yeah in that sense I'm I cannot believe in that idea of God that's so what I always say with when I meet someone who tells to me I'm an atheist. So what does it mean that I don't believe in God? So what do what's God for you? What's the the God that you are not believing? And he tells me like this, 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 and I'm like I don't believe in that God either. <laughs> so we are on the same page. I believe in God, but but that's not <laughs> that's not God actually. <laughs> so anyhow, in, in my particular experience what I remember was that how to as you mentioned in your question how to acknowledge God's presence behind the orchestration of events and his grace coming to us and for me it was kind of although still I was in that transitional period open to okay what's the meaning of life but things start to happen in a certain way and, and I was able to notice that uh, that was it was too much like how to say too much coincidence to see that as a coincidence as a mere coincidence. Now it was like a God incidence. 
So I start to 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 appreciate like a very unique pattern that goes beyond my control that I cannot I cannot ever con organize things to happen in this way. So there must be someone behind all this. There's some intention coming from someone trying to tell me something. <laughs> At least that's how it happened to me. And, and and when I started like to appreciating again the the dynamics of events, I started to open to that possibility and then more more way more clearly came that someone becoming overtly like, yeah, it's me. No? <laughs> Some, somehow Bhagavad Gita came and all this detailed specific information about who the person was. So <clears throat> I, I, I will think like, I will feel that like <clears throat> that whatever is happening to us it's important that we pay close instead of being overwhelmed by what's happening or trying just to project what we think should be happening and try to struggle with the situation, try to appreciate some some pattern there. I'll try to, to understand there is someone with some intention behind that and and everything starts to have some meaning. No? When you connect with the purpose. Of the situation, I will say, you know, that that brings my. We were talking about this the other day about the suffering that is in, that we find in love and how in eternity there will be quite of that. <laughs> and I, I couldn't avoid thinking of Viktor Frankl, yeah, uh, man's in search of man in search of meaning in connection to it that he will say, the goal of life is not happiness. The goal of life is not yeah power. The goal of life is not suffering. The goal of life is purpose and meaning. To be able to to extract purpose and meaning from whatever is happening, whether happiness, whether power, whether affliction. So, so to connect to that pattern of purpose starts to actually show what's going on starts to make Krishna manifest so in that connection I will say that whatever is happening to us don't think I'm suffering I don't want this or I but what's the purpose of this and when you connect with the idea of purpose it will become you you are getting closer to that person who is behind yeah the word the very word per in, in Sanskrit purpose or meaning is artha and divine love is panchama purushartha Oh, it's the supreme level of purpose in love. So that's what comes. I hope that helps. Something that comes to you, I'm sure. I should have. A, I have an additional question. So. <laughs> an additional answer first. An additional answer first. No, it's wonderful. So you like answered. It's like the Ariadne string. You know, like Tezoi, you know, Tezoi is in Greek mythology. He was in this labyrinth and Ariadne gave this red string to to guide him out. So if we, that's why we you say this in English also, the red thread? No. no. Oh, the father. Oh, it's not in no. English. No, they don't, they miss something. <laughs> <laughs> so it's in German, they said, when you recognize the red string, this means it's, Comes from this Greek yeah. mythology. Yeah, I use the word pattern mostly, but okay. not red. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. So this means that you see it's a guidance mm -hmm. if you look back. Yeah. 
and I think every soul, if he's a little reflective, he can see uh, like a perfect guidance looking back. Mm -hmm. So, but how, and you can understand, okay, it's a guidance, it's a wonderful God, and how to come like from an understanding of, I know there is a Lord, there's a guidance to the Krishna conception. <laughs> What is the step there? Because there's many souls not acknowledging that. So what more is needed for like a principle? And say, I know there's guidance. I know <coughs> I'm protected. I'm nourished. I'm guided. But when we would speak from the bhakti point of view, Braj Bhakti, we would say these are still very external aspect of God. Mm -hmm. So what is the thing from that basis, what has to be added to understand Sham Sundar Shikanda Sekara or <laughs> Sadhu Sangha has to be added to that, I will say, no, because of course in I two things that come to mind. Of course in one sense we will we wouldn't be I mean we are not able to figure out for ourselves a concept like Rasik Sekar Braja Krishna is not like okay, I've seated by myself and I concluded that the absolute has to be like and you go to all the details of the Braja. It's something that is beyond our imagination. <clears throat> but also I will say that something that can help is that when we acknowledge okay, there is God, there is a guidance. At least that happened on some level to me was like also to do away with all these ideas of God that that do not fully make sense, so to say, that God cannot be only this, it cannot be. No? Like like following, as we were talking yesterday, one's own of one's own consciousness and intuition, like God must be like your ultimate beauty. No? I mean, I, I used to study Nietzsche a lot before joining the devotees, and he will say that if God exists, he must be a dancer. No? I'm playing flute, but it's not Nietzsche. <laughs> That's your footnote. <laughs> That's Krishna Chandra's Bhavanubad to Nietzsche. <laughs> so that's my point. There, are, it's, it's fine. It's wonderful for me to see different people who are who were not officially called the Vaishnavas, by rich by by intuition and 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 and, and sincerity like this conclusion like he must be like he cannot be other he cannot be but this he must be a dancer he must be someone who is dedicated to celebrate existence he must be beauty you know i remember also reading dostoevsky and he will say beauty will save the world and it's like wow i need to stay a while with that sentence a few years <laughs> Beauty will save the world. And of course, you read Dostoevsky, and you know, he's not talking about physical beauty. So you play out the implications of those lines. And of course, all of them naturally converge in the notion of, of Krishna. So I will say that, yeah, from that sincerity of search and prayer and, and one's own discernments, you start like to, to refine more and more the what you think must be the ideal conception of, of the Godhead, and I will say that also prayer like prepares us for whenever some external influence, so to say, as Sadhu Sangha comes into our life, we 
those notions make sense more easily and we don't we don't feel like this absolute nonsense this is t totally bizarre you, you won't feel like that no <clears throat> because i've seen people also that they have been introduced to the idea of krishna but like kind of in a very brutal way so to say you know like this is krishna in vrindavan no? and <laughs> without this type of like sensibilities and about god and and they were like we were not able to digest that they were like stuck there and it's like no thank you but if you start to talk to them about god about beauty about this natural notions of how by its very his very nature he has to be a celebratory personality okay 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 and here is krishna leela and it's like okay so you can talk about leela as a celebration as we were talking and like like i was talking i think i told you the other day with one <clears throat> with in one of my podcasts i was in, having a conversation with one franciscan nun she's very interesting she's also a theologian and scientist but she's very much into deep mysticism and i was we, i was talking about this idea of lila and god celebrating his own fullness and 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 she was like yes yes <laughs> Like this, no, yeah. And at one point, she interrupts me, interrupts me, and say, "I think I'm a Vaishnav." She's telling me, <laughs> like, like the point, like even if I'm not entering into the details of Braja, Lila, but but this natural intuition that if we are honest, you will conclude, yes, it has to be like that. God cannot be other way than this and this. No, like Srila Sermash will speak about truth, harmony beauty this type of values no your bhava nubat now it's a deep thing because i am a tapi de deva padambujadvai prasada lejano grihita eva it is in the prayers of brahma it's like to really one it's like if we observe clearly and we really think we can come to the conclusion there's a higher guidance i can see it and it's a logic and if there is some sattva moon and some piety mm -hmm. this will be the conclusion mm -hmm. but from there to a more specific revelation mm -hmm. really not just i am um, I am protected and I am guided, but where can we serve? Like we discussed the other day, the more specific the understanding of God is, the more developed the attitude of Seva can become. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it's just, it can, I see often it can be also a, a kind of um, stagnation on the path. And then I here and I don't want to go further. Mm -hmm. I'm satisfied with being guided and being yeah, self-serving. It's yes, it's like God towards me. Provider, yeah. Yeah. So but then Brahma says it really needs a mercy. A very and it, I think it comes through Sadhu Sangha that some sadhus open some more ideas that the attitude becomes not so much worldly centered. But transworldly, it becomes really centered on the spiritual world. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's why I began saying Sadhu Sangha to begin with yeah. to apply this principle of mercy, mercy coming through that agency, the Kripa Shakti. So, yeah, part of what we can do is acknowledge our powerlessness. Yeah. That I, 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 I can make my best till a point, but there is something else that I cannot enter there. I need divine intervention. Yeah. Just one way. It's about the realization, you know, we spoke about a lot about the, the realization of that the relationship and the love between the soul and Urgadada and the divine realm. And also the deep individuality, individuation, yeah, like you said. And I always stay on that point how can I develop, even now in this world, in this body, here and now, the attitude of Seva. Also before I an point come, irgendwie zu meinen, darüber meditieren zu können, wie ich denn dort diene. Before I saw, oh, how can I meditate in the Lila or there? Und da fand ich das jetzt so einen schönen Kernpunkt, den er so betont hat, sich bewusst zu machen, I'm the offering. Und nicht das, was ich alles tue, ist erstmal die Gabe, sondern ich bin die Gabe selbst, um überhaupt in dieser Haltung wie hineinzuwachsen. To really grow into this attitude was very touching the point that you mentioned that I am the offering and not the things I'm doing. Und ich to, and to enter in this attitude, to grow in this attitude. Und ich fand schön, wenn wir vielleicht noch mal um, so an diesem Thema des Seva wie anknüpfen können, also um da wie so eine Brücke aufzubauen. Von hier in diese Welt zu dieser Welt. Ja, weil. To like have a say to, like a bridge, to from the Seva in this world attitude to the Seva mm -hmm. attitude there. Also like jetzt nicht, nicht jetzt in diesem Moment zwingt, aber ich finde es okay. schön, wenn wir es nochmal aufgreifen. Aber it doesn't have to be exactly now, but maybe we can speak once on this topic a little yeah yeah i will say maybe we can spend some more time in another lecture so we can have more time to yeah. expand on that because it's an interesting topic because now it's almost late. yeah so i think we can conclude here because i have in a few hours another one and, and so we we have one hour 40 minutes so can conclude with the kata to rest for a few hours. Krishna Chandra will come later for Jiva Goswami's Adirbha. Shachinandangor Hariki Jai, Shri Harinam Prabhu Ki Jai, Shri Shri Gorgadadar Juki Jai, Shri Radha Govinda Juki Jai, Shri Baman Dwadasi Ki Jai, Shri Lajiva Goswami Adirbha Mahot Sabtiti Ki Jai, Gaur Bhakta Vrinda Ki Jai, Gaur Primanam. Vanchakalpatarugya-sakripa-sindhu-yeva-cham-titanam-pavane-bhyo-vaishnavi-vanantakoti-vaishnavi-vrindhaki-chari.